Take a journey, it's a tour of my own mind. Giving you all corners, the many trusts you find. Fun times and the life of a Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another dope episode of I Am Tremont. I am your host, Darren Tremont, you guys. How you doing? It's been a minute. It's been a couple weeks. How y'all feeling? It's a new season. Where well, we get into a new season. It's September. The fall is creeping, you know, it's creeping up on a summer. Hot boy summer, hot girl summer is almost over. No more sneaky links. No more drinking. Well, out, out, out you know what I mean? You know, y'all know what I mean. Being out in the public and everything. It's about to get cool. Y'all want to stay in the buildings and everything. So how y'all feeling? Y'all enjoying the rest of y'all summer? Let me know how this been going. Listen, I'm back with another dope topic, but I couldn't do this topic without my main man. Listen, you seen me on his show. You seen him on this show before. You seen us on fans. Matter of fact, I go way back. I've known this man since I was eight years old. Ladies and gentlemen, I got my Brody back. He's the man of many talents, the jacks of all trades, the man with many names. You know him as Highlight Real. But I know him personally as my Brody, my brother from Atlanta, from Memphis. You know him, Mr. Dwayne. What's up, bro? How you feeling? Hey, what's up, brother? Appreciate you for putting me over like that, man. I do appreciate that. You know, that it feels good to be back on I Am Tremont. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Man, I am amazing. Celebrate a birthday. Man. Yeah. Re- hey, ladies and gentlemen. Brother. Hey, appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, my birthday was September the 3rd. It was a dope birthday. It was amazing. My girlfriends helped me celebrate. She gave me tickets to see one of my favorite artists. Could y'all guess? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. You know, you know, I gotta make a special shout out to my man Derek because he know if you if you follow our OTS group on Facebook, you see us debate about this, but I got tickets to see the GOAT, the GOAT of today's hip-hop, the GOAT of today's generation of hip-hop, Mr. Lil Baby. So you know my birthday was hype when I got those tickets. I'm a, I'm a mirror that girl for that. That's just, that's just my baby. And also, before my birthday, one of my favorite, favorite wrestlers came back. And you heard me talk about it on Life's About You with Dwayne. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk came back at Rampage, an AEW show that comes on every Friday night. So since then, always from now, it's been an amazing couple of weeks. Been celebrating like crazy. Dwayne, how about you? How you been feeling, bro? Man, I've been feeling good, feeling great, feeling great, feeling good. You know, uh... Man, just grinding it out, having fun, loving life, uh, you know, doing a lot of things, working on a lot of things, and, you know, working on some stuff and, and play, you know, maybe with a special announcement for everybody when the show's over, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But, you know, just just working on a lot of dope things, man, and just uh, taking things one day at a time. Football season's back, you know. Uh, like you said, we in the fall. You know, you know, fantasy football is, is just yes, underway. Sir. So it's just 
this is a lot of fun times right now, man. We just we, 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 we embellishing in the moment, <laughs> if you will. So here we are. Yes, yes we, we are. are. Football season, man. Speaking of football season, bro, you know, even though my team lost, it's the fact I'm proud of them for one reason. We Dang. kept up with the Super Bowl champions. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I might catch heat for this. You might talk, might, might spam my DMs and everything with this. But I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I listen, I but I'm a real Cowboys fan. I'm not finna say we going to the Super Bowl. No, 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 be real with no, you know, our fan base toxic. They like to say we go to the Super Bowl and then we lose and they want to cry. No, I, I'm a realist, but I'm proud of them. Even though we lost by two points, I'm proud of them because a lot of people said it was going to be a blowout or Tom Brady going to destroy us. And we came out there and did what we were supposed to do. So, no, I'm not in the fantasy football league. I know, I don't know how it works, but if you, if y'all put something on Mari Cooper or any regards on Dak Prescott, I know you guys were satisfied, even though the team took the air. Actually, that game was so good. I like the Buccaneers, I'm, I was happy for them. You know, I, I talk shit about Tom Brady for a long time, but that game was amazing, man. It was amazing. It was, it was. Um, CD Lamb. Was in my fantasy lineup. Amari Cooper was in my fantasy lineup. Dak was somebody I had thought about getting, but I didn't pick him up, even though I should have. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling he was going to show people that he still looks good. Um, and he, he didn't just look good. He looks great. Wouldn't even have known what happened to him last year. Happened to him, actually, the way he was looking. I know it's just one week, but from that one week, hey, no better way to test your uh, physical limits than what right. he did. He looked yes, good, right. Uh, yeah, you know, um, good little start. You know, our, the rest mm-hmm. of the week's going to determine how this is going today for your boy. But eh, some, some some promise. Now, my team, unfortunately, took a big L. But, you know, it's week one. You got a lot of retract, think, you know, just build it up, see where you went wrong. Get ready for next week. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. You know, at least we got a first loss. I'm cool with it. Sometimes it's better to get your first loss than your first win. Sometimes, sometimes, not all the time. All but time. that's that's a perfect. It's a it's a learning thing. Speaking yeah. of learning, that's a perfect transition to the main topic we are talking about today, ladies and gentlemen. The main topic is WWE. We have a problem. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been keeping up, if you've been living on the rock, there's a brand new company called All Elite Wrestling. Now, this company was founded by Tony Khan, but they have Cody Rhodes. If you know, everybody remember Cody Rhodes. He is the son of Dusty uh, Dusty Rhodes, the brother of Goldust, a.k.a. Dustin Rhodes. If you remember him, his days in the WWE, he was in a phenomenal trio with Randy Orton, Ted DeBiase Jr., and they went by the name of Legacy. They took over 2009 all the way up to 2010 before the group split. Uh, you have Kenny Omega, one of the biggest names. Well, I guess you can't consider New Japan independent. They are because New Japan is a great company worldwide. But at that time, Kenny Omega was probably the biggest household independent wrestler name in the entire wrestling industry in the past, what, let's say, what, 10 years, Dwayne? We could say that in the past 10 years. Yeah. Followed by the Young Bucks. All of them created this company in 2019. But before we get to that, 
Back in 2018, they held just a regular, nice wrestling pay-per-view called All In. That was like their test. They watered to see if they could do a company, and the show was phenomenal. And when I say phenomenal, you had Cody Rhodes win the NWA championship. Seen Omega and Jericho and interact with each other after Jericho appeared at the end of the match. It was just a phenomenal show. You seen Rey Mysterio on there. You seen all these big names on there. Then January of 2019, in the same city, if I'm not mistaken, Jacksonville, Florida, WWE was having a show right down the street. And they announced all elite wrestling, AEW. Now, AEW, of course, they had their first pay-per-view called Double or Nothing. They, that pay-per-view in 2019 called Double or Nothing by AEW, it gave us a feel of the company, which we saw Jericho versus Omega. To me, their their match at New Japan was better than this one. You know, we could debate about that. Right. But at the end of the match, this shows us, at the end of their match, they showed us, okay, pay attention to AEW. We've seen right. the debut of John Moxley. Now, Dwayne, by you seeing that pay-per-view, double or nothing, mind you had Cody versus his big brother, Dustin. You had Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, and then you had the debut of John Moxley, which he just left the WWE power like a month prior as Dean Ambrose. No release. He just let his contract expire. He could show it any time. What was your feeling when you seen that pay-per-view? What was like your mindset? Did you, were you like, okay, AEW, it's the company we need to watch, or you were like, okay, I'm intrigued now. So, what what was your mindset by watching that pay per view, even before the pay per view, the lead up from them announcing in January or back in 2018 when they did the All In pay per view? What was your your feeling about them? Uh, that was a feeling of excitement, like, hmm, we actually have an alternative now. Hmm. Um, competition, we'll see very young, right? You can't go off too much. It was kind of just a wait and see. But seeing Moxley, seeing the how the crowd reacted, seeing, like, as you mentioned, that was fresh off of just letting his contract ride out, um, showcased the fact that, hmm, again, this is the alternative, not just for us as fans. This mm-hmm. is the alternative for wrestlers. They finally mm-hmm. have another destination that they can go to. So, okay, I'm intrigued. Let's see how the rest of this plays out in the next two to three, four, five years, right, mm-hmm. from this starting point. Um, but an awesome pay-per-view, put on a great mat, you know, great pay-per-view and show as a whole. But again, indie shows do that. Other promotions do that. Impact, right? Ring of, Ring of Honor, Honor you know, NWA. ML- mm-hmm. yeah. MLW, like, there's so many that do that. So, it wasn't the mat, the quality of the matches, but more so just to see the first official jump ship and knowing, okay, let's see how this goes. You know, somebody from WWE that we already know fresh about, out of our minds have made their way into this new company. Now we get to see where this new company is really going to go. So, yeah, that was kind of like my first impression, um, just knowing like, hmm. We're headed somewhere in the right direction. And, and for me, it was it was like a mixture of of what you said. And also me was like, I didn't want to be disappointed. We saw how Impact went 
Impact did the amazing thing until certain people interfere. And that was my biggest fear that, okay, once they get this coming jumped off, even though, it don't, like I said, they two years in right now. You never know what's going to happen. But the way Tony Khan is speaking, he ain't he um, planning on to bring on people who destroyed the business, like past people. But mm-hmm. uh, when they mind said, okay, we saw what happened in TNA in 2010. You saw what happened to all these other companies. You saw what happened to ECW. I was in that mindset like, okay, I'm still, I'm going to check them out, but my main focus will always be WWE. Now, you can say what you want right now, but WWE will always be that company for you, no matter how old you were. I don't care if you was there for the golden era, the attitude era, the ruthless aggression era, or the PG era, because there's a lot of people I met who are wrestling fans. They didn't start watching wrestling until like 2009, which was the PG era. Right. No matter what you feel as a wrestler, WWE was the it spot. No matter backstage politics you heard, no matter how much people had heat or trash come, WWE was still that it place. But mm-hmm. for me, for one, what, what tr- triggered me about Kenny Omega, I always knew about Kenny Omega over the years and everything. What tri- uh, got my interest, you know, when Cody left the company. And I kept up with Finn Balor when he was over there in New Japan interacting with Kenny Omega when he got kicked out of the group. When, you know, when AJ Styles got... That's why I really mainly focused on Kenny Omega when AJ, when he kicked AJ Styles out of the Bullet Club before AJ Styles made his debut in WWE. But it was still mm-hmm. like that, eh, what mm-hmm. made me say, okay, Kenny Omega's that guy when Chris Jericho left the WWE to have the match in New Japan. Mm-hmm. So... For me, it was like, okay, so when double or nothing, I think the only I was only interested in those two matches. Cody and Dustin. I almost turned the match off because when I seen Cody destroy the throne, I said, okay, mm-hmm. you're taking a shot. Triple mm-hmm. H, WWE. Yeah. Yep. I didn't I was like, I didn't want this pay-per-view made me think of WWE. Made me think of something different. Give me that, give me something different than wrestling. Okay, New Japan got their own era. You know, impact mm-hmm. before. Hulk Hogan and Eric Bishop got the impact had this own thing. I think the only time they would mention WWE was like when Billy Gunn and Roll was over there dissing DX at that time. Mm-hmm. They had that other moments, but it wasn't as much. Mm-hmm. This is y'all threw that right away. I was like, okay. But as a fan of Cody Rose, uh, my cousins, if he listened, my cousins, if they listened to it, they'll tell you I was a huge Cody Rose fan. I, especially when he won the Intercontinental title. I remember when he debuted with a hardcore Holland, they became the tag team champions. But that match right there made me say, ooh, okay. Then you got throwing uh, the Lucha Bros. Because uh, I heard of them in Impact. But at that time, I was so heartbroken the way Impact went. I stopped viewing it. And when see their talents, of course, everybody knows about the Young Bucks. It was interesting. But what really caught me was the Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho match. I was like, okay, how different would this match be than their New Japan version match? Again, even though I prefer the New Japan match, more they still tore the house down i'm like okay cool it gave like you said i'm gonna keep my eyes out but what really hooked me was the debut of dean ambrose aka john moxley when i seen him coming down the crowd i was like shit is about to hit the fan like you the i was saying competition maybe but it was like the fact like and by who knows me in the wrestling industry, even people I, when I was trying to be a wrestler, in my trainer, I told him the guy I studied was Dean Ambrose, aka John Mosley. So to see him over there was like, 
now I got something I can really hook my teeth into. Yep. Time goes by over the months. You know, you had uh, Fight for the Fallen. You know, you had those different things. Mm-hmm. And when they were doing the shows before the the actual AEW show debut on TNT, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, it's cool. Eh, I'm still getting this weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Then when AEW announced they had a television deal with TNT, mind you, wrestling has been on TNT since WCW. Mm-hmm. That's like 20, 21 years ago, you guys. When they announced that, that right there said, oh, shit. So, Dwayne, how how did you feel when they announced that TNT was giving them this platform to showcase this new opportunity of professional wrestling? Um, Like you, it was that same feeling. It was uh, giving me the WCW vibes. Um, I do remember the very first day, it was counting down to the day they were finna debut on TNT. And... I just remember uh, me and a friend, you know, both being excited, knowing that, hey, they're debuting on TNT. This is crazy. And how we couldn't wait to watch that one night. And even from the moment that night opened, from the roar of the crowd, hearing Tony Schiavone, which gave you that nostalgic WCW vibe. And seeing how things went just said man we are really really in for something here still wondering if like okay competition maybe but you know getting a little closer to that competition word because it's on national television now like Mm -hmm. this isn't like how impact wrestling you know when it was tna at the time you know they they were on tnn Mm -hmm. uh spike tv you know Mm -hmm. uh which was looked at as competition to a degree network wise mm-hmm. because that was once WWE's playing field of a network but you know you still TNT though is is like a network that is Turner you know what I yeah, mean Turner and the same type of Turner production that went one-on-one with WWE and beat WWE so again those vibes were coming back of are we about to get another war? Mm-hmm. Let's see. On this same network, let's mm-hmm. see. Like, is is the '90s coming back to full fruition? You know, like that kind of deal. Like, yeah, I do remember those those Monday Night Wars, um, pretty frequently. So it was kind of cool to think, hmm, could this happen? Mm-hmm. And on TNT, like, they're on the on the network that the NBA is under. So it's like you know, eyes are gonna come. And they're going to get casual watchers. They're going to get hardcore fans who are sick of WWE and just straight stuck on AEW. So I was getting there a little bit. Like, okay, we we, we really getting into fruition. And like you, um, as an Impact guy, a lot of talent such as the Lucha Brothers, who I knew really even before Impact, knowing them in their time in Lucha Underground, to see their work in Lucha Underground and then see them come to Impact and then see them make their way to AEW. Um, to see these talents kind of get a chance to shine, shine was like, yo, wow, this is going to be crazy. Like, sit mm-hmm. back, relax. And we forget Pac. Yet another NXT Ooh. guy. Neville. Yep. Pac. Yep. Good old Pac, man. When he came, it was another case of a former WWE guy in this company as well. So... You knew you were in for something. 
It was just a matter of what exactly what we're going to get. And like you, are we going to be disappointed in the future? You see, and that's why I kind of, kind of took my time with it. Because like I said, as a WWE guy, I'm not just going to say, mind what me and Highlight is talking about right now. We are really talking about 2019 before the coming Evil David. We're talking about right now, we're looking at January all the way to when they announced they were going on TNT, they say August. This is the time frame. We've got you guys right now. At that time in 2019, I was pissed off with the WWE, but not completely. I was pissed off with the WWE's main roster. What was keeping me in WWE for so long was NXT, which which keep up with if you like I say if you haven't been keeping up with wrestling for a minute, NXT gonna be an important important topic in this conversation of why WWE we have a problem because of AEW. I was still with NXT. Well, I mean, I mean, going to shows, going everywhere, anything dealing with NXT. When they came on Tuesdays, when they did special broadcasts on Wednesdays, Thursdays, because at the time NXT used to come on Thursday on the WWE Network. But when they did anything special, like NXT Takeover, NXT Takeover Chicago, NXT Takeover Fade Four Way, anything NXT, I lived it. NXT T-shirts, NXT, NXT live events in Memphis, anything dealing with NXT. That brand on the WWE, I was with it. That saved me from the main roster. Now, was I completely done with the main roster? No. Let me explain why. This is why I was not completely done with the main roster. I was completely done with Monday Night Raw. SmackDown at that point, in 2019, SmackDown was getting a stride back. If you guys go back, when they announced the second brand split of the company in 2016, even though WWE promoted Monday Night Raw as the A-plus flagship show of the company, you know, that A-show, SmackDown was on fire. This is why. If you go back and look at their roster in 2016 on SmackDown, you had Dean Ambrose, who we mentioned multiple times, who actually left the company and went back into his former name, John Moxley. AJ Styles, John Cena, Randy Orton, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin. <sighs> the list goes on. Carmella, Nikki Bella, just how made a group full of talent. Miz, Maurice, Daniel Bryan as the general manager. All these guys made SmackDown the A-show to the hardcore fans. Let's go about over the years. Even the first brand split, SmackDown was destroying Raw. But WWE kept promoting SmackDown as the B-plus show. In 2017, this win, my love for the main roster went to shit. All those superstars we just named, what I just named, all these superstars I just named, on SmackDown, by April, after WrestleMania 33, by like two weeks after that, all these guys you heard me name, they moved them to Raw. You know why? Because SmackDown was kicking Raw butts in the ratings. Now, you will think, well, Darren, if anything, they should help Raw. No, it didn't. It got crappier. Same matches every week because SmackDown, though they had those guys over there, it was different. It was a different vibe, different camera angles, different storyline. Going to Raw, it was the same shit, same shit, same shit. Same shit, same shit, same shit. That's when my love 
for the main roster dive because they killed off SmackDown. They they killed the specialness of SmackDown during the second brand split. 2018, they tried. 2019, SmackDown slowly came around. The reason I said it, because they end up getting Roman Reigns over on the brand. They end up getting Samoa Joe over on the brand. AJ Styles was still there before he got moved to Raw. You had all these important fields. Jeff Hardy was over there. Everything was amazing. But NXT was still that company. And I give kudos to Triple H trying to give us hardcore fans something different. So when AEW announced that was going to be on TNT on Wednesday nights, the WWE had decided, well, let's take, you know, everybody loving this AEW thing, everybody loved the independent field. Well, we have that with NXT. So let's do this. You heard Dwayne mention back in the 90s, it was a war. Back then, it was the Monday Night Wars, WCW Monday Night Nitro, and WWF Monday Night Raw, competing for the Raiders. So what, what's the first move WWE did when they find out AEW's premiere on Wednesday nights on TNT? They decided to take their version, which is NXT, Take it off the WWE Network, which, in my honest opinion, Dwayne, when, well, I want you to know how you feel about that, too. But they took their biggest thing off the WWE Network, took it off, and put it on the USA Network at the same time. TNT, AEW, Dynamite came on, well, if you in my time zone, at 7 p.m. WWE responded back with that NXT, USA Network. 7 p.m. And also to compete, NXT used to be one hour on the WWE Network. When they found out AEW show was going to be two hours, they made theirs two hours. So now, we got the war again. It's the Wednesday Night Wars. Everything interesting. You got to think about AEW, like we just said. Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, former WWE stars, Pop, I mean, Pac, excuse me, I would like to call him Pop, but Pac, John Moxley, NXT, you had Adam Cole, big Adam Cole, you guys. <laughs> Y'all remember this name? Remember this name? This is why we're going to say WWE, we have a problem. Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Pete Dunne, all this amazing talent. NXT was made. <laughs> Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. You got these headliners. Now, in your mind, if you like, who is these people? Now, I understand you casual people who haven't watched for a minute. Hardcore fans, when you hear this, when you hear these names, you think this is awesome. We're going to get a war. Because I know me, when they had both announced, they both was coming on on the same night. The excitement of going back to forth, back to forth, both channels. It was just like, now I relive in what, Dwayne, what you went through in the Attitude Era. Now, well, all I said, Dwayne, what was your feelings coming up with this? How you feel about WWE taking NXT off the network? How you feel about, were you in the same mindset with me? Okay, the, the main roster is done because I know you had your other outlets. You had Impact Wrestling. You just like me, we keep, we keep up with the independent wrestling, MLW, but it, this was a different feel. No disrespect to those companies. You know, Impact is established, but you know what they've been through. Just with this, what was your what was your feelings towards the main roster at that point? 
What was your feeling about NXT coming off the WWE never to compete? And what was your expectations when you heard about the Wednesday Night Wars? Uh, honestly, so for me, I didn't really want them to... I really didn't want them to... to I didn't mind that they moved it off of the network, although I do wish they would have just kept it on the network and or kept it on the network and you could have had it on live TV if you wanted to do it that way. Um, but the two-hour thing wasn't necessary, honestly. You could, NXT was golden mostly because it was one hour, which is kind of ironic because, you know, AEW takes that formula a little later, as we'll talk probably talk about. But the one hour was just a golden thing for NXT. You didn't see everybody every week. You didn't see there were some people you probably wouldn't see for like a week two weeks then you see them back continually continuing the storyline of course but you know you didn't see everybody weekly so it was like something different with the big roster of young talent and young people um did i think it was going to compete i was excited for that just to be like all right cool you know uh why not you know competition is good let's see you know, I thought it was exciting in a way because it was like, well, this is NXT, which we love. This is AEW, which we're intrigued by. This should be interesting to see who's going to be. Are we going to be torn? Are we going to watch them both at the same time? Are we going to watch one now and watch one later? You know, especially in a stream-like generation where people use DVRs, people use Hulu, people use the WWE Network and all of these different things to just kind of stream what they missed. So, the competition part was kind of like, mm, don't know how to feel about that. You know, uh, I don't know how to feel about if NXT can compete versus the main roster. But again, NXT was the better show. Uh, so, of course, the better show had to be the one to compete with AEW. But that inevitably ended up just doing not as well as people would have hoped, because I think it would have performed better had they been on separate days. But Again, with the whole wars thing, you knew fans were gonna make it a war. They did. And unfortunately, the result of that war was not in favor of NXT as much. Mm -hmm. Some weeks, most weeks, I should say. Some weeks they did edge out with a win, but most times it was AEW continuing to just get those rating wins. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree. Let's go ahead and jump forward since we brought up the ratings. Now, that first week, I was excited. You had a whole, not only that, you had a full week full of wrestling. You had yep. Monday Night Raw. Yep. You had, at that time, SmackDown was on Tuesdays when AEW first came out because SmackDown didn't go back to Friday, so October of 2019. So you had Monday Night Raw. You had mm -hmm. Tuesday Night SmackDown Live. At that time, that was the name of SmackDown. Wednesday, you had The War. You had AEW Dynamite, the very first episode going against the first episode of NXT on the USA Network. You had NXT UK coming on Thursday, also with Impact. And then you had New Japan coming on Friday in the States. Mm -hmm. So just hearing that lineup, you were like, this is an amazing fucking week of wrestling for a wrestling fan. And I remember really? when Wednesday came, uh, I went to work and I came home by like four o'clock. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing nothing. It's NXT, WWE, uh, and uh, AEW. Let's get it. I'm trying to see what I'm gonna expect. 
So I tune in to AEW first. When 7 o'clock hit, I tune in to AEW first. The intro, the pyro was amazing. The first thing I shitted on when I seen it was to sit and I said, oh, this is TNA Impact, but just together when I seen the stage. You know, you remember how Impact and just the, the two different interests when I seen, I was like, oh, okay. And so I went back to NXT and you seen the Street Profits with Wale. So I was like, okay, which one I really want to watch the most? As me, Look, Dwayne can tell you, I'm a huge Street Profits guy. I met Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins multiple times when they came to any, uh, came to Memphis. I've seen Montez Ford, wife, Bianca Belair, met them. The energy is on point. And I still say today, Montez Ford is the rock. He is this generation rock. If he just put in work, I, as much as I hate to see him turn heel, when he eventually turns heel and then turn back face, he will be the WWE's new version of The Rock. It's just the way how charismatic he is, how smooth he is in the ring. It gives you vibes of The Rock and Randy one, how smooth he is. But I digress. I, that match was amazing. You've seen the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Amazing match. Amazing show. Switch back to AEW. You see Chris Jericho. You bring Jack Swagger with him, another former WWE superstar. Sammy Guevara, LAX, over from the Impact. So it was, it got those vibes. It brought new eyes to me because I'd never seen a match from Sammy. I knew of LAX. I know about the first install, uh, the first edition of LAX back with Hernandez. Proud and uh, powerful. Proud. There you go. Proud and powerful. Pride and LAX, LAX is specifically an impact tag team. True, you got a point. You're right. I just want to so give them their flowers for they did what they did in impact, you know. But I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right though. Them, it brought eyes over to them, like with Sammy. I never heard of him, I never knew of him until I turned in and seen him on AEW, and they made me go back to see his other work. Of course, I knew about Jack Swagger. You know, everybody knew about Jack. He had one of the most the first two years of his run, he had like a shameless type run where they instantly put the ECW title on him and instantly let him win money in the bank and instantly put him on the World Heavy Championship spot. Then you see all these other guys coming over. You know, you see, you watch the young books, you see what they're doing. You see Billy Gunn with his sons. I never knew Billy Gunn had sons. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, hey, it's my fault. You see all this new talent, but it was just something. It was just something about AEW in the beginning that I felt like it was forced. It was it it was it wasn't what I expected. And after that, I'll be honest, Wayne. I didn't watch AEW after the first episode. I think I watched like two more episodes. And then I stopped. I completely stopped. Cause I was it was I think it was also because, you know, still a huge WWE guy trying to be loyal, loving NXT. Like I said, NXT was my been my favorite brand since I know NXT. When Triple H took over, been around since 2012, but I didn't start watching until 2014 when Charlotte versus Natalia for the NXT Women's Championship. That was my first NXT match that I ever seen. Now, I think it was because I was so loyal to the brand. I didn't start watching NXT until, which this will be another important factor later on in discussion of why we say WWE, we have a problem. I didn't start watching uh, AEW really strong until the pandemic. So now, Dwayne, I know you. 
you, I know you kept up with the company. I know you were watching also at some point and, you know, doing the reviews on Life's a Botch. And, and not only did just have a conversation with our other wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. I want you to discuss what it was like the first night of watching AEW Dynamite versus NXT on their first Wednesday night. And how do you feel as the weeks kept going of this so-called war? Uh, it was a lot of back and forth. Uh, a lot of, you know, I just treated it the same way I treated WCW and WWE back in the day. I flipped back and forth. And whatever caught my attention the most is what I was watching more than anything. Um, what really annoyed me with both of these shows was the picture to picture. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to do this doggone, oh, we're on a commercial break, but you're going to watch this match and this commercial at the same time. Wow. We're over here trying to keep you from watching the other company. And it wasn't just one company doing it. Both of them were doing it, trying to keep you stuck there to say, hey, you're going to watch this. So Mm -hmm. I felt like even in picture to picture, that was my moment to just skip it because it's like, I mean, it's a little screen about the size of what we're looking at right here on our Zoom video with the commercial being slightly bigger on their screen. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want to watch wrestling in that small of a view. I want to watch it in my full screen. So let me flip to the other one just to see what's going on. But for the most part, and it would suck too, because it would they would do it right in the best matches. It'd be yes. like a better match. And you'd just be like, why are you picturing, picturing this? Just go on a full commercial so I can come back when this is back in full effect. You want to keep me stuck here when this match is so good and be on picture to picture just so I can stay here and I can't even go to the next company to see what they got going on in the meantime to try to answer what you're doing now i did always find it ironic how sometimes let's say two marquee women in AEW were wrestling all of a sudden you flipped nxt two marquee women are wrestling or they just got done wrestling and next thing you know AEW is doing a women's match and i'm like that couldn't have been something that y'all just timed on purpose right right somebody had to know y'all car- y'all had to know each other's cards or something i don't mm-hmm. know you know, because they're all friends here in real life that, you know, backstage with some of these talents, somebody's sharing something. That wasn't just mm-hmm. no coincidence. There's there's inside people that know something. And, and that's why uh, I think people thought Vince was also helping AEW because of stuff like that. Remember the rumor was like, oh, AEW and WWE really partners when because of stuff like what you say, the timing of the shows was exactly alike. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was it was just it was weird. It was a weird thing how how alike they were in timing and mm-hmm. but uh like you after a while, I mean, you know, I AEW kept my attention for a while, but then I started noticing they had some slight inconsistency issues with certain things. But I get that sometimes it was just more so them trying to build something up. It's just it felt like there was some inconsistency going on a little bit, you know, um, where it was like, okay, got something really, really exciting. And it's like, okay, something not so exciting. Then it's like, uh, okay, this is really dope. Hit or miss type of show for me. Um, and it would be in both accounts because maybe NXT had the hit or miss show. It was like, eh, this wasn't really all that great, but Dynamite was phenomenal. Or Dynamite was phenomenal and, you know, not so great and NXT was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of all just depend on who was being showcased for the week. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then there's sometimes where both shows at the same time just weren't that great. 
but they had great moments in between. So mm-hmm. after a while, both shows kind of just, it was like, okay, I'll watch one of these shows for the week and see the mm-hmm. other one the next morning, you know, or the next day or later on that night, you know, because at first Dynamite was kind of doing the whole, we'll show it at eight and then we'll show it again a little bit later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like WCW used to do because that, for me, that's what I would just do. I would just catch the repeat of WCW after the fact. Watch the first hour because they came on before Raw. Then watch Raw for the two hours. Then wait, probably about 11, 12 o'clock, watch WCW in the later hour. Um, but after a while, Dynamite stopped doing that and I heard that was kind of just a promotional thing just to get more eyes on their product. So once that kind of stopped, it was like, dang, now I got to force which one of these I'm going to watch right now and which one I'm going to watch later. So, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of, that was pretty annoying at times. But I mean, over overall, I was just kind of like, yeah, in between with both of them. It was like, ah, you know, one, neither one was outdoing it for me with the other just yet. Right. And, and it was the same for me. It was like, like I said, it was the same for me. Just a little bit more towards NXT winning because it's just me being loyal, of course. Like now, if I took my my fandom away from NXT and just, just like, all right, let me be fair as a wrestling fan, they both were inconsistent at moments. I agree. But what the only thing that kind of tr- like intrigued me with NXT, I mean with uh AEW, I like how they were doing like the record system. If you lost a lot of matches, you had to build yourself back up where you can get a title match of some sort. But sometimes that was inconsistent too. Because you tell me you got both of these guys five and zero, oh, but only one of them get a match. It should have been like a number one contenders match between those guys. So it was stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, my um my only other issue was like audio issues. Um, too many groups was forming at that time and everything. So that would make me turn it off. Mm-hmm. Watching NXT all the way, NXT were doing amazing thing. Now let's fast forward to March of 2020, when the world completely stopped. When coronavirus, aka COVID-19, hit the scene, we had the pandemic era. Now the p- pandemic era for everybody personally, it was rough. It was hard. People didn't know that they was working anymore. People don't know how they were getting their income. People don't know that they were going to see family and friends. We didn't know how the world was going to work after this. Now, professional wrestling. This is why I, I, I tell people who are not wrestling fans or who shits on the sport or shits on everything about it or calling it fake or anything. This is the only sport that goes 365 days. You know, even though the pandemic kind of stopped them from traveling, but they still was wrestling every week, every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday. This is a this sport. These individuals put their lives on the line every single night. There's no offseason like baseball, the NFL football, college football, college basketball, the NBA. There's no offseason. These guys break their backs and guys and women breaks their body down for our entertainment. So I know this pandemic era was really hard for them while us being in attendance. I remember the very first SmackDown without a crowd. It, yeah. it it was it was rough. It was different. It, 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 it was it was tough to watch. 
it, it had its moments. You know, you had the bright moments of Triple H on the commentary table with Michael Cole. But the matches, you know, it was like the, come on! And it was it was just quiet, high moment spots. It was just weird. We didn't know we were going to have WrestleMania. We didn't know how AEW was going to do these shows. It was just weird. But watching that first SmackDown, it was like, wow, will, will wrestling ever be the same again? You know what I mean? And then see how AEW, but this the thing, the, this is why I say this right here, March of 2020 pandemic era was like a, a boost for AEW. Both companies were doing the same thing, wrestling in empty arena, even though AEW did have their wrestlers as the crowd. They gave AEW the advantage. It, you know, when you're watching Raw SmackDown, and no way, and let's not take the disrespect, like I'm not shitting on WWE during the pandemic because they gave us fucking entertainment. I mean, WrestleMania, Kevin Owens didn't have to do the spot when he dropped off the WrestleMania sign on Seth Rollins in an empty fucking arena. He could have just said, no, I'm going to stay with my family like Sami Zayn did. They could have did all of them. Sasha Banks and Bayley, they didn't have to carry the SmackDown brand. And hell, when they won the tag team titles, they had to carry the Raw brand for the women's division like they did. WWE had their moments too, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't want you to think, even though this topic is WWE, we have a problem. I'm not just going to completely shit on them. They had their moments. They did have their high points during this pandemic era. Like Drew McIntyre felt bad for him because they were action at the Royal Rumble when he won. Just imagine a crowd during that whole reign. I felt bad for him. But for AEW, it didn't feel awkward. WWE, it felt awkward without the crowd, even when they piped in the sounds in certain matches, like the Edge versus Randall on the greatest wrestling match ever, as they promoted it. The sound hmm. effects was weird, but with AEW, they piped them in, but they also mostly used the wrestlers around. It didn't feel AEW had a better feel. And I also feel like this pandemic helped AEW say, okay, let's do a re reboot. We got too many mm -hmm. groups. Mm -hmm. We're doing the same matches over again. We come out, we're going by this record system, but it's not really working. We've been inconsistent. We will start a few. Next week, nothing about it. Let's, let's refresh. Let's restart. And that's when my attention was caught with AEW. Now, Dwayne, this pandemic era, do you feel like this was a boost for both companies or do you feel like it helped AEW more? Because now, now I mentioned the power was on the main roster. If we go back and look at NXT during this pandemic era, NXT was doing amazing things but NXT was rushing things. For example, Keith Lee winning the NXT title while he was the North American champion just for him to relieve the title, the North American championship, a week later and for him to lose the NXT championship a month later. I felt like they was rushing to compete because during this pandemic, AEW was like slowly going to, even though AEW was beating them in the ratings a lot, it's not about ratings. Well, I know to the USA Network, TNT is, but as a wrestling fan, it's about quality. And AED quality, AEW's quality grew over the pandemic era. So how do you feel, Dwayne? What was your thought process? Uh, it was real hard to really just get into either one during this time because of the lack of fans. But with AEW, I will respect that they... I think they handled it better in terms of how they managed to make 
make it feel somewhat normal. Because um, WWE, to me, I felt like was trying to copy AEW after a while. You went from complete silence to, you know, shoot, I actually suggested the piped-in noise, but I suggested that after the very first week of them doing what they was doing with just nothingness. And lo and behold, down the line, what do we eventually get? Piped in crowd noise. And then eventually you got NXT enhancement talent being your crowd with piped in noise. Mm-hmm. And then it just became a Thunderdome with piped in noise. Oh, Meanwhile, oh. which was probably creative at first, then it just got annoying. But AEW, on the other hand, like you said, started out quiet. I believe their first episode of Pandemic was quiet. Then Mm -hmm. they started having their talent around as the crowd. Mm -hmm. Then eventually gradually had it to where they had slight minimal, like friends and family, close friends and family of the talent. And that would really help. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then it went from slight friends and close friends and family of the talent being there in person to, okay, now we'll slightly let fans in, but it's going to be a minimal number spread out six feet. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, it started feeling more and more like, man, are they like in front of a full arena of people right now? Oh, no, mm-hmm. that's just, it's real people there, but it's just a little space to, oh, okay, cool. You know, got Daly's place, you know, which, was making it show like yo this is this right here is like a real product like i don't even feel like i'm in a Mm -hmm. pandemic right now watching aew um and then it elevated even more and once fans really really started being able to come in and folds they kind of already had fans in the stadium it took wwe forever to even decide oh we're finally gonna welcome fans in real fans Mm -hmm. They were stuck mm-hmm. in that Thunderdome for so long. It was torture. It's giving me nightmares yeah. just thinking about it. And it was like AEW, on the other hand, already just had you with the crowd gradually through this. Um, so it just, it just, I felt like WWE was just trying to copy too hard what they were AEW. doing. AEW. Mm-hmm. which is something they should have did in the first place. You had a lot of people you weren't even using in the first place. You could have been did that. At least it would have been TV time for some of those people. And to, and in no way, and honestly, let's go, let's, like, and before we go with the main roster wise, NXT was doing it. And, and though, yes, yeah, like you said, AEW was first. I remember the first time I watched AEW when they were showing, I think, I remember the family and close family members and friends was able to come in. I remember when they first let legit fans came in. I remember it was, can't remember which AEW episode it was. I think it was when, I know it was a John Moxley match. He was coming down the crowd. And I remember, usually when I catch John entrance during the pandemic era, it usually be empty up there because we see the, you know, the wrestlers and they close family members and friends down there with them. And mm-hmm. I remember I turned on AEW, I was like, NXT had just went on commercial. I said, to the hell with it. And I changed the channel. And I see John like getting excited. It, it like he was before he walked out. He walked out. I'm seeing fans right there. I said, "Holy shit!" AEW brought fans back. It wasn't a lot, probably like fifty to seventy, probably at most. 
And mm-hmm. I was looking how he was clapping their hands. I said, I know Russell's not sending their family members all the way up there. So it was dope to see that. I'm like, okay. This how WWE fucked it up while trying to copy it. You see how they did that, AEW did that, and it felt natural. They stopped using the piped in noise because it because I don't know if they had microphones by the seats up there with the fans in it, but it felt natural. Mm-hmm. When NXT, when they brought certain, I, I know it wasn't regular fans. I know it was like family members and friends of the NXT wrestlers at that time who were sitting behind the gate, the cage, wherever. And that was an ugly-ass setup, by the way, WWE. I, I don't know what you was thinking for the NXT setup with that, the gate plus the, the glass in front. That was terrible. But now, mind you, they used a smaller arena than AEW. So it should sound louder, right, Dwayne? It should have been way louder than AEW. This is how they fucked it up. You have them. You have the family members and friends in there as the fans. But you also have piped in noise, and then, and ladies and gentlemen, you know, I know. Listen, you probably like well, piped in noise should sound good. I want you to do this for me right now. Pause the podcast. I want you to go to YouTube and type in WWE 2K white fan noise, and you will see what the hell we was hearing every single Monday night, Friday night. And let's stick with this topic in Wednesday night. And just matter of fact, just type in WWE 2K crowd and turn it turn it full blast with some uh, with your headphones on. You would get fucking annoyed of it too. And then, but versus AEW it was natural reactions. And also, that was another thing too with the pipe in noise with NXT and WWE. They made you cheer for who they wanted you to cheer for. And that that would I feel like that's the worst thing you could do in the wrestling industry. Tell me who I'm supposed to like. Let it grow on me naturally. That's why I felt like AEW had more to advantage because I grew on the inner circle. I grew on them. I grew on the dark order. I shitted on the dark order when they first made their debut on the first episode of Dynamite. I grew on them, especially when they got. Brody Lee, but as I knew him before he came to the company as Brody Lee, I knew him as Luke Harper. That was fucking amazing to me. So it it gave AEW the advantage. Now, Dwayne, let's fast forward. Let's go down the line. After the pit, I'll tell you this. By July, I stopped. Not gonna lie. Me and AEW, I had a fall in love and falling out because at the same time, I'm like, I'm an NAC guy. I'm a WWE guy. I just came, I'm pretty sure you know what it was like when you was go, in the Attitude Era. You was like, no, nah, I'm a rock. No, nah, I'm going to stick with WWE. I love all wrestling, but WWE is my company. But I'm going to tell you why I had my turnaround. Man, I was inconsistent with AEW. The Brody Lee Tribute, December of 2020. The Brody Lee Tribute. Mind you, they had a whole bunch of superstars to come over. Sting, you know what I mean? Somebody like that. To come over to the company. And I was a huge Sting fan. I hated how WWE treated him. That had so many people just come over to the company. But I still wasn't feeling it. But when the Brody Lee tribute, that whole episode, that whole episode was for me, it was like, I'm keeping my eyes out on this company. So during the pandemic era, Dwayne, 
how were you feeling? Were you inconsistent still? Were there a certain episode, like 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 I said, for me, it was the Brody Lee episode for me, made me turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to get AEW a chance. What was that moment for you? It was like, I'm going to keep my eyes really locked this time. Or you were like, you know what, AEW is topping them in the pandemic. And what was your process of the whole 2020 since the pandemic with AEW and NXT? Honestly, for me, I was over it with both um, mm. at this time, just because, again, I just kept wondering, when are we getting fans back? When are we getting fans back? When are we getting fans back? Like, But again, AEW had my attention a little more just because they were doing it right until things got back to normal. Now, Sting's return, cool. I enjoyed it. It was dope. It was mm-hmm. really dope. Mm-hmm. Kept my eyes open. Mm-hmm. Cool. Brody Lee making his debut. Kept my eyes open. Okay, interesting. Things are happening. Miro coming on in. Okay, my eyes are open. It's getting there. But even that, he went through a dumb phase, so it was like, I ain't feeling this yet. The best friend. I wasn't feeling that. And I was like, nah, this ain't it. You know, and but still knowing that he's there was like, okay, they're getting there, they're building something. But look, that's when it was making me mad with stuff like that. Cause it was like, I don't like the way they're using these guys just yet. And then I thought AEW was pissing me off cause I didn't like the way they were using big guys or barely using big guys. And it was like, okay, well, your big guys some shine too, you know, they need some shine, you know, your Brian Cages, your Miro's, your Lance Archer's, you know, uh, so many monster-like guys you have, your Wardlow's, like, why aren't you showcasing them as much? Like, what's, right. what's going on here, right? Um, so I was, again, just kind of over it at this point, but still tuning in as a fan, uh, just flipping back and forth still when I could and catching what I could. But that Brody Lee tribute was indeed something that gave me Eddie Guerrero tribute vibes. Yes. It was really dope to see. Um, it really was an amazing night. It was a very emotional night. It was a very emotional situation. The situation that they handled as a whole made that worth watching and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I still wasn't completely just locked in just yet, mm-hmm. but I did respect it. And I said, man, this is again, showcasing what's coming. Mm-hmm. What's, what's on its way. Right. Um, the family aspect that Tony Khan speaks about showcase this is this is exactly where it's headed. It's it's family. It's family. Yeah. It's family. And I, ladies and gentlemen, now we finally get to the point where I can say the main topic again, ladies and gentlemen. I want I we gave you this information in case you haven't kept up with wrestling or you just haven't kept up with AEW. You know, we we just want to give you a backstory so you can know why I I brought my brother on, why I feel like WWE have a problem. Now, we're not going to go through the whole 2021. I can give you some things what they did. They brought over some veterans, not, not full-time in-ring talent. They brought in veterans to help out the product to receive more eyes help on the commentary, the help backstage, the help to be coaches, the help scout more talent in independent scenes and bring people over. People like Big Show. That that sign, it was fucking random to me because if you watch a month before he signed, he was just on Monday Night Raw. Mark Henry. 
the world's strongest man. A guy who was willing to retire, even though he really didn't want to, a guy who was willing to retire to help WWE find more talent to help Kevin. Mark Henry is the perfect example of what or what us hardcore fans were feeling. We love this company. We love, we've spent years, we've been loyal to this company, didn't do nothing wrong to this company as a fan. Well, his was there because he was working for But us as fans, we, we do the good, the bad, and the ugly with this company. We love it. We do everything we want for this company. We love the WWE. We're doing everything. We, we telling you to do this, do this. Like, not telling you, but recommending to help out. Either you do it, and if you do it, you do the shitty, do 50-50 booking, or you just completely ignore us. So when Mark Henry signed with the company, I knew then AEW finna get some fucking time. Mind you, Mark Henry helped, helped WWE find Bianca Belair. He told WWE to push Daniel Bryan. He was telling WWE to push CM Punk. He was telling them everything. He was telling them how NXT would be the number one brand. Mark Henry was a huge supporter of the industry. He Even because he, yeah, he was a WWE guy, but we kind of had that feeling he might leave because he was doing busted open radio. He had that that platform to, in, to work with different people and talking to different people. When Mark Henry left the company, I was like, okay. This one guy, I know he wasn't just with WWE just for the money. He was with them because he loved wrestling. He was loyal. So the fact that he's leaving, let me really, like I told you, bro, the lead tribute was there for me. They helped me. But the Mark Henry sign, it was like, okay, let's, let's keep going. Andrade, one of my favorite, a top-tier talent. I had an interaction with Andrade when NXT came to me. When NXT was phasing out from the, the Sami Zayn, the Kevin Owens, the Finn Balor, even though Finn Balor went back to NXT and helped NXT, and I think that was a great thing for Finn Balor because they really destroyed him on the main roster the first time. And he went to NXT. We said, we didn't see Finn Balor. We see we seen the Prince. We seen Prince DeVette from his New Japan days, Bullet Club days, and that was so dope to see. It was awesome. But... I digress again. I'm sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Just had to throw that in there. But Andrade was that face of NXT, even though he was a heel, for that new era NXT. It was Andrade. I guess you could say, kind of say Drew McIntyre, even though he quickly went back to the main roster after that. But Andrade, Drew McIntyre, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Alistair Black. Remember that name, ladies and gentlemen. Alistair Black. Go remember that. Those guys, the Street Profits. He carried NXT. When Andrade requests request his release, that's it. I instantly say AEW, perfect spot. He signed with AEW in the way his debut was was. Wish I wish it was a little bit more glamorous. Yes, but mm-hmm. that was that that sh- the show he debuted on the the aura of the show. Yeah, the set was different. I like how mm-hmm. AEW changed up the set and had the fans more like. Like stacked over the ring, like it was dope. It was kind of like it gave me like early TNA vibes. If you you know, du- <laughs> I know you know Dwayne. They had the fan. It was like the fans, like if they jumped off the barricade, they were laying directly in the ring. It was that was dope. I like how he came with Vicky Guerrero. Kind of gave that like Eddie Guerrero tribute vibes to it. Then a month later, you get remember that name, Alistair Black, ladies and gentlemen. Alistair Black. He debuted with the company now. Dwayne will tell you, these were my two favorites of today's generation. Alistair Black and Andrade Cien Almas. 
to see him on AEW, I fucking knew then WWE had a problem. Even before that, I knew WWE had a problem when they were releasing all these talent and they said, oh, it's budget cuts, kid. We wish you luck in your future endeavors. But go on a media call before a pay-per-view and say, yeah, we made the most money this year. WWE, we have a fucking problem. You, you, you lied to us. You're a hypocrite. You lied to these guys so much budget cuts. And then you rub it in their face. And media, even though you didn't rub it really in their face, like, ha, but you made a media call. You know these media calls are worldwide. You know, the general public will learn this. So... Let me say this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make let's do an example. Let's say you working for your company. You work for fucking Walmart. And they really they laid you off and they said, Oh yeah, your location at Walmart, the location you work for hadn't making any enough revenue. We're gonna have to let you go. Then a week later, that same location is on the news to promote. Oh, yeah, we're bringing more items in because we made the most money uh, the past two weeks. You ain't going to be fucking upset. So, that and those two signings itself had me intrigued. It made me say, you know what, WWE? Let me start listening to this other side a little bit more. Mind you, I said the Brody Lee and the Mark Henry sign had me hyped. But this had this really had me say I'm on I'm borderline going over AEW side and and WWE can say I remember ironically Triple H did a promo on Monday Night Raw they had four million fans and Triple H did a promo said me and my friend Mark we gonna stop watching we gonna complain on Twitter it's ironic that was in 2014 four million views now you hear us say four million views. In 2021, they barely go on over 1 million views. WWE, we have a fucking problem. So, Dwayne, before we get to the real good, the juicy part, before we get to the stake or why WWE have a problem, just with that information right there, what was your mindset? What was your mindset with the budget cuts? What was your mindset with the big show, the Paul White, a.k.a. Big, uh, I say Big Show, but a.k.a. Paul White, with the Mark Henry, with the Alistair Black, with the Andrade, with those signings, what was your thought process? Were you How you was feeling? Well, how I was feeling was it was not really a surprise that a lot of things were going down. There was a lot of releases. It was becoming a pattern at first. The first time was just a shocker. It was like, it wasn't that much of a shocker, but it was a shocker because of the fact that they do a thing called spring cleaning from time to time where they release a bevy of people. We've seen that before. Right. But after a while, it became a problem here because then it was like, wait a minute. This is going back from 2020 all the way up until this year. The most releases I have ever seen this company ever do. And because guess what? And 20, back then, when 20 they, made sense. Yeah. 2020 made sense. Well, with pandemic, some talents. <laughs> and and pan, pandemic, it made sense. Pandemic, don't know what the future looking like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cut some talent. Probably bring them back once we get back to, you know, no more live shows right now. No more, you know, right now you can't have fans in there to get merch and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. You had to cut some talent. 2020 releases made sense. As we got into 2021, when things were starting to showcase back to normal, 
Mm-hmm. Cut after cut after cut. It was like every other month there was just a bevy of releases. The one that caught my attention was when they released Braun Strowman. Because right, at that point, right. I said, isn't this the same guy that just won the Universal title at a WrestleMania y'all just did? Didn't you just have him in a title picture not too long ago? And you released him. Why? And that's what I was just about to say. Um, back then when they did their releases, it was people you even didn't see on TV for months or just mm-hmm. telling it just in use. Now you're using people that you literally just used on TV a month ago. Bumped it. Braun was just on TV a week ago before he got released. So Alistair Black, he was just on SmackDown and he get released by that, what, Tuesday? Like, yeah, it, what? It was, it, was, it was when those type of releases started happening that I raised an eyebrow because it was like, something's fishy, real fishy. What's what's the real meaning of this? And to keep hearing from insiders, oh, it's not over. There will be more. Oh, then hearing more insiders. Oh, it doesn't matter how long you've been with this company at this point. More releases coming. Oh, okay. So now you got all your talent paranoid. Is it me? Is it me? Young talent. Dang, am I going to get cut before I even get a chance to shine? Veteran talent. Man, am I too old? I mean, you know, what's going on here? Are they going to cut your boy? What's going on? Mm -hmm. It's all kind of releases. Now, AEW side of things, you know, you got your internet trolls saying, oh, no, and AEW can't get everybody because you got some people, oh, they're just going to go to AEW. There's people, Mm -hmm. oh, they're just going to go to AEW. Oh, come on down to AEW. And then you got other trolls. No, you can't go to AEW. I'd like to see them in Ring of Honor. I'd like to see them in Impact. Everybody can't go to AEW. What have you seen thus far? You've seen them either come to AEW, you've seen them go to Ring of Honor, or you've seen them come to Impact. Point blank and see. And to some degree, you've even seen a few go to NWA Power. Some are still free agents as we speak. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they're not getting gigs right now. So, all in all, things like this started making where it was like, okay, the more these releases came common, the more they fed AEW from some of these releases, the more I said, now my attention's even more wide open than it was before. Because this is getting very interesting. You know, almost like, are y'all going out? You know, then there's the rumors of, of oh, WWE's going to sell. They're selling their company to Disney. They're selling it to Fox. They're selling it to NBC. They're selling all these different bids and bidders that wanted to buy the WWE. And it was one of those things where you're sitting there like, the way these talents are getting released, it seems like they're about to sell. So lately, it seems like week to week, month to month. Now, since this year started, I'm still wondering. The more they release people, the more I say, is this company getting sold? If so, what now? Could we see WWE turning into WCW before our very eyes? Now, some people say, oh, that's impossible. They make too much revenue. They've been around too long. They've gone way international, so it's not even possible. True, it's not. But it's not impossible either. Mm -hmm. 
So just, you know, little things to just sit back and wonder, you know, right now, my mindset has always just been like, if only I could be a fly in the room for a WWE meeting when all of these things are taking place. Uh, being in a WWE locker room with all of these releases when someone gets freshly released after just being on television. If I could be a fly in the room on the wall in an AEW meeting in locker room when they know, uh-oh, so-and-so just got released, guys. Are we going to bring them over here? Yeah, we are? Okay. What does that mean nope. with the rest of the talent that's been there beforehand? <laughs> and that's why I like uh, how Sasha Banks, I, I just like how Sasha Banks, Leo Morgan, uh, Ember Moon. I just love how anytime somebody they male or or female who was who got released from the company, they don't have their emotions. They see it right off the back on Twitter, or when they debut for a different company, they support them. Now that's the thing that WWE doesn't like, but I, I respect them for doing that. And that, and that's and to go back to what you said, what's the conversations? Okay, Braun Strowman just signed a contract. I think it was like. It, it was in a it was a big country. It was a huge country. Or oh, barely a year in, you release them. So you can't. Some people are like, well, I go to WWE for the money. Can't necessarily trust it now. And the mindset WWE is going. While I'm thinking what they doing, they trying to release fully established stars because Nick Khan. You heard what he said. And no one. I have a conspiracy. I would like a conspiracy music to come in right here for me. I want conspiracy music right here. Mm. I don't know if they too. I don't know. Mm. They might be. I think the Khan family might be different. They might not be related. But let me think. Nick Khan, Tony Khan, they are having a conversation. Mind you, they said even though Vince make the final decision, Nick Khan is the president of WWE. He can he can recommend the name should get released. Let me find out. Tony Khan is the one behind these. Conspiracy, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Conspiracy. But anyway, but mm. just the thoughts of that, just like you can't you can't just base money off this no more. It's all about talent. And now it's another guy who really had me locked in. The one you know, I've been ready to talk about this. He was all about it's not the money for him, it's the talent. He rides a damn near everybody who's currently in the WWE right now. It's come names in there that he haven't. But, you know, since WWE's going away from, even though they say they are still signing independent talent, it's not their main focus no more. They want to debut. They want to assign people who just have the natural ability to learn how to be wrestlers. Cool. No no slack. I get it. But now everybody can be a Brock and Kerr Angel. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, But AEW signs somebody. A certain individual, which the Broly Lee tribute helped sign him to the company. Ladies and gentlemen, if you was watching wrestling back in 2011, in June, the tail end of June, it's a certain superstar. A certain superstar dropped the pipe bomb. You said, Darren, what's a pipe bomb? I ain't talking about the pipe bomb the military use. I'm talking about you grabbing the microphone and say what the fuck you ever want to say. Like this, like OTS, we get the platform to say how we feel, ladies and gentlemen. This guy is from Chicago. This guy, like he said, he's not a sports entertainer. 
he was a professional wrestler who damn near died in the WWE. In August, ladies and gentlemen, on AEW Rampage, which Dwayne was saying, which we were going details about a one-hour show, the very first episode in Chicago, Illinois, the same arena that Michael Jordan made his phenomenal return. Number 45 on his jersey. The one, the only CM fucking punk return to professional wrestling while making his debut for AEW. And ladies and gentlemen, just with that signing, listen, I don't know if WWE didn't want to sign him back. Wherever the case might be, it's been seven years since CM Punk been away from wrestling. But his name will forever live on. His legacy will forever live on. Go back and watch Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, any WWE event from March of 2014 all the way to now. You will hear CM Punk name get chanted through the arena for years. Now, WWE had the opportunity. This is why Fox is pissed off at WWE. Fox signed CM Punk to be on their talk show called WWE Backstage. He wasn't signed with WWE. He was signed with Fox. But Fox signed him to help WWE. Hey, signed him. Put him on SmackDown. It's going to be awesome. When AEW signed CM Punk, it's caused problems for WWE. WWE, we have a problem. The reason we have a fucking problem because, one, the fan base, you're losing them. You can say, oh, no, we're not. You're barely hearing four million. You're barely hearing two million views on your weekly television shows now. You got the USA Network and Fox disappointed and upset with you guys. Even though you're releasing these talent, this talent is going off to a new platform. To do things they begged you for. Alistair Black, he said he loved Vince McMahon. He loved the WWE. All he wanted to be, all he wanted to be is creative and tell stories in the ring like he was able to do in NXT. But no, you fucking destroyed that. WWE, we have a problem. Like Mick Foley just said in his video, you are not the place that wrestlers want to go to anymore. WWE was the it place in the 90s, the early 2000s, mid 2000s. If, if you was a wrestler, if you are a professional wrestler before AEW came around, mm. WWE was the it spot for you. No disrespect for Impact. No disrespect to New Japan Pro Wrestling. No disrespect to MLW. No disrespect to any other company who have a nice fan base. Everybody wanted to be in WWE and everybody wanted to have a match at WrestleMania. But no, WWE, you are not the spot to be anymore. You know why? Because if I'm there in the company, I got to worry about if I'm going to get released or get my match cut due to time restraints. I got to worry about 50-50 booking when I'm white fucking hot. I'm over with the crowd. But no, you want to bury me because I don't fit your mold. Or you just don't hear me out. You had me sitting in catering for two fucking years when I was white fucking hot. WWE, we have a problem. That the fact that people not willing to tune in to your shows anymore and want to go watch your older shows. Oh, but you fucked that up with the Peacock. We can't even watch old Attitude Era moments. 
AEW is fucking taking over the wrestling industry. I'm saying, and and Impact Wrestling is coming back around. They getting some major player superstars over there too. You can say what the fuck you want to say about Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, but he having a hell of a run. This run is more impressive than how over he was in 2011, which WWE fucking destroyed. Brian Myers, everybody. So you telling me I could go to Impact and AEW and still be fucking worldwide? I don't need WWE no more. I don't have to worry about mentally being destroyed. I don't have to worry about my passion getting killed. I don't have to worry about being Z-packed to death while I'm shitting in my pants. You're telling me I can't cuss on social media. You're telling me you got me locked down. Like, I can't even come over and create a storyline. WWE, you have a fucking problem. The only thing WWE are good for right now, as of right now, the only thing that's good about your product is right now, WWE. And I hate saying this because I'm a huge wrestling fan. I love WWE. WWE is my, was my first wrestling thing. But you telling me right now, you pushing me away to another company because you want to put out bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. The only thing that keep me watching you right now is the heel turn of Roman Reigns that was supposed to happen fucking five years ago. Brock Lesnar, and that's fucking me. Uh, no disrespect to Bobby Lash. Y'all fucking destroying his run as champion by putting him in crappy storylines right now. The Hurt Business, I say this right now, the Hurt Business should never fucking disband it. Monday Night Raw is a fucking drag. Y'all remember, let's take it back. Let's take it back. Let's take it back when you was young. Y'all remember how you used to be excited to watch Monday Night Raw? You remember, you remember the feeling of watching Monday Night Raw was awesome? You couldn't wait to hear... Let my, you couldn't wait to hear the theme song to see the fireworks come on. You remember that, Dwayne, right? You remember those days you couldn't wait for Monday like it was a fucking Saturday. Dwayne, <laughs> how you feel about a, how you feel about Monday now? Huh? How you feel but wrestling wise? How you feel about a Monday now? The same way anybody feels about a Monday. Period. You hate it. Thank you, WWE. That's my that's my fucking point. Monday night raw, you can't even stomach it. The fact that you took the NXT champion, Karrion Cross, no disrespect to Jeff Hardy. I love Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is welcome to the cookout anytime he likes. But you have the NXT champion lose to him. And not only that, I know Jeff caught COVID, but you, he comes back, you don't really continue it. He come back, get a rematch, you lose. Cool. 50-50 booking. Fucking used to that. Now you got him the 24-7 title picture? Mind, hold on. Let's go even further. You putting Bobby Lashley, the most dominant guy on the Monday Night Raw brand, and you got him stuck in the tag team rivalry. Because, no, because you had people who could go against him, but you fucking destroyed them or you fucking released them. WWE, we have a fucking problem. You are not the, you're not that guy, my pal. You're not that guy. You're not anymore. And if I got back in the ring right now and you offer me a contract, I would turn it down. I will go to Impact Wrestling or motherfucking AEW. By them signing CM Punk, a guy who said he was fucking done with wrestling. Now, mind, he never said he hated wrestling. He hated sports entertainment. There was two different things. He explained it. But the fact that he didn't want to speak on wrestling for the seven years he was gone, the fact that AEW was able to convince him to come, that shows some. Let's fast forward. Daniel fucking 
Brian. Your biggest baby face you had since probably the debut of Rey Mysterio. Hell, bigger than my favorite wrestler, John Cena. Not popular in no mainstream-wise. We can say that. Of course, John Cena, mainstream fame. Damn Brian, he became mainstream famous. We can say that. But not as big as John Cena. But your biggest baby face in years in Daniel Bryan, you can't even fucking convince him to stay. He's at AEW. Adam fucking Cole. Adam Cole, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, the Twitch situation, that was bullshit. She let these wrestlers have another source of income like Dwayne stated. Not, they're not doing live events. Most of them not even using their real name on there. Most of them not even using the name that used to call so-called own. You break up the undisputed air. Okay, cool. It's cool to break them up in NXT. You should never do that. You should put them on the fucking main roster. Oh, but no, when you decide to put Adam Cole on the main roster, you didn't want to put him on the main roster as the fucking wrestler. You want to put him on the main roster to be somebody manager because you just like his mic skills like Adam Cole didn't have the best fucking matches in NXT history. And you want to change his name for a commentator who is well past his prime. You are destroying your company. Y'all are talking about WCW. You used to talk shit about WCW. You made a WWE, you made a DVD called The Rise and Fall of ECW and WCW. You're doing the same shit right now. It's going to eventually, we're going to get tired of Roman Reigns. Eventually, we're going to get tired of Brock Lesnar. Eventually, we're going to get tired of Edge as much as we love him. Eventually, we're going to get tired of Bobby Lashley Reign because, not because of Bobby, because you ain't getting nobody against him that's a good competitor. You saw what happened to Drew fucking McIntyre. We got tired of him. We're going to eventually get tired of Randy Orton. You are destroying your company. You release half your time. There's no way Buddy Murphy wasn't supposed to be on TV for a whole year before you release him. There's no way Alistair Black wasn't supposed to be on TV for six months before you release him. You're fucking destroying the company. WWE, you have a problem. AEW is growing right now. You don't believe me? You guys don't want to believe me? You go on the website if you want to pay for it, find a free wrestling website. Go back and watch this past AEW pay-per-view all out. That was an amazing pay-per-view. That was the best wrestling pay-per-view I've seen in years. It was better than a WrestleMania. The Super Bowl of wrestling. And you tell me this show was better than the Super Bowl of wrestling? You telling me CM Punk had a match with Darby Allen? Fucking amazing. Kenny Omega versus Christian. Fucking amazing with the debut of Adam Cole and fucking Dan Bryan at the end. From top to bottom. Now, WWE, I'm not going to shit on almost your pay-per-view, but your pay-per-views haven't been top to bottom good like I all that was. WWE, your pay-per-views either start off hot, drag, drag, get back hot for this match, drag, main event. You start the main event all fucking good, then you you and then you fuck it up somehow with disqualification or a, a pointless interference. Let's go back. Dwayne, we talked about this with Josh. We talked about this. How Friday, Friday <laughs> rampage, they had you excited. It had you fucking excited to see CM Punk and then the, the matches the rest of the show. It it felt like 
a wrestling show we've been wanting for years. It, it felt good to be a wrestling fan. Then the next following night, SummerSlam, there's no way I was supposed to be falling asleep. There's no reason why Josh was supposed to fall asleep. There's no reason why you were supposed to be like, WWE, you have a fucking problem. Oh, see, let's see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm breaking down. Save that one for the highlight reel, people. There you go. There's no so passionate, the man drops his camera. Like, I'm sorry. There's like, WWE and no disrespect. Like I said, WWE was my first love, my favorite wrestling company. But you're not that guy no more. You have a problem. I don't know if you need to fire Nick Khan. I never want to see nobody lose their job. I don't know what, I don't know is Bruce Pritchard, because since he came back, stories got terrible. I don't know what it is. You need to break away from that mindset. Cool. It's cool to sign talent that never wrestled before, but they but they have the talent to, to grow in the industry and learn how to wrestle. Listen, Kurt Angle fucking did it. He was an amateur wrestler. He never stood foot in the professional wrestling ring. He, had, he went to the independent one time. He had one match in the indie scene. That's it. Brock Lesnar, yeah, but not everybody could be could catch on quick as Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. Who else caught on that fast? Probably never had no history in the business. Bianca Belair, that's the only person I could think of. People say Montez Ford. No, you can't. Montez Ford been a fan of wrestling since he was young. So it, it, it you can't do that. You need to sign some established independent wrestlers to help grow. You did it before. This I don't know is this McMahon. He's getting old. I don't know because he got Bruce Pritchard. These folks in his ear, they want to relive, relive the 80s. It's not the fucking 80s no more. Even Mick Foley. Even Mick Foley said it. Even Booker T, even though he shitted on CM Punk, he came back and said, you know what? Yeah, we need to, we need to get back right. Uh, Yeah, WWE, I agree with Mick. Now, Dwayne, I, I'm going I'm to let you speak now because I want to know how you feel. Do you feel like this is a huge problem for WWE? Just think about the signings. Andrade, Alistair Black, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, all this shit that's going on. The 50-50 booking with WWE, the crappy storylines that shows me make you want to fall asleep. We can't even stomach a full episode of Monday Night Raw. It's it's a damn shame. Even though I'm been, I was a fan of SmackDown doing the brand split, it's a damn shame that I'm more excited for SmackDown. And that's the only thing I want to watch. I don't even want to watch a WWE pay-per-view. I don't even want to watch an NXT pay-per-view, especially how they fucking destroy NXT. I'm scared to watch NXT this Tuesday to see how the new NXT going to look. So knowing all this, how how do you feel, man? Um, numb. Because this is not a surprise to anyone. If you know this has been something that's been the last three, five years. You mentioned all those recent names and forget the names before that. Your Cody Roses, your Dean Ambroses, a.k.a. John Moxley's. Chris Hero. You know, um, you mentioned all of these individuals, the Miros, guys that should have been your main event top stars by now. You buried him. And I love Johnson with all my heart, but there's no way Johnson was supposed to beat Rusev. If he did have Rusev at this time, 2017, Rusev's day was the most over thing in the WWE. Carl Ellison, Luke Gallows, 
there's no way that AJ Styles and Finn Balor were supposed to be the only two big in the WWE. But Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, probably one of the biggest tag teams ever in the wrestling industry. And you tell me, you all, when you did let them win the titles, you did them in crappy storylines. Like, there's no way. Mike Canales, Maria, come on, what? Tony Nese, Buddy fucking Murphy. WWE, get your shit together or you won't be around anymore. And then people, I, I wonder what Triple H feels like. Because the NXT releases, Triple H didn't even have no say-so in it. Samoa Joe basically showed, and when Samoa Joe had an interview, he was like, I got released. Triple H called me an hour late. He was like, I don't know what was that. How you feel like if I sign you to NXT? WWE, you giving us 2000 and 2001 WCW vibes right now. Worse. Wow. You see, Way and worse. you hear the one say worse. And y'all, if he you need to go back and watch WCW 2000-2001, that shit was terrible. The fact that we both agreed that WWE is worse than that. I I don't know. Like, I, I don't know, Dwayne. Is the company is gone to shit right now. I'm I don't even know. It's got to the point like I watch highlights now. SmackDown is the only show I sit through. And the only reason I sit through because of Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. And how the story gonna go with Brock. And you know, I try to get my support like for the Sasha Bianca, the Street Profits and stuff. But that but no way. WWE got too many shows for me that for that to be the only show I watch. Do you feel like it was pressure? On them to put a, together a good show in Madison Square Garden the way they did on most Friday. definitely, most definitely. The reason I say that for one, WWE still pissed at Madison Square Garden for letting Ring of Honor have the match there, and I feel like the pressure was coming because when when AEW sold out their tickets in Queens, New York, how AEW said y'all in for a treat, you in for surprises, and how this is gonna be the biggest professional wrestling show in New York ever. So I felt like there was pressure. Because why y'all had to promote just for the dark matches, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, John Cena, even on the show, you got you promoted Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, you putting all these prime size stars. All right, you can do that for one night. Why the fuck you can't do that every other show? Not saying you got to have your Brocks, you got to have, you know, John Cena. You see how they promoted every single talent this past mm-hmm. Friday night? It felt good. It felt natural. And I was happy to watch WWE show that night. Why the fuck you can't do that every night? Why y'all? And then, how you know, it always be in the States. They know AEW going to be there either a week or two weeks later. It always be in the States they be in later. Or a couple weeks before a big show that AEW promotes. All right, if you're going to do that, then do that shit weekly. Because AEW is your competition. I'm not saying I always have Brock on the show. I'm not always saying having John on the show. You got enough fucking talent to make the show feel special. You it, you got enough talent. You had Cesaro. You got Cesaro. WWE, 
yes, we know you was pressured to make that New York show good. We know this. But I'm telling you this. If tomorrow's episode of Monday Night Raw, as we are record, as of right now, we are recording on Sunday. If Monday Night Raw is tomorrow, I don't know when the episode gonna come out. You know, we just you know, I hit y'all with the bangers in the time of the week. <laughs> but if y'all don't respond back tomorrow well on Monday Night Raw and respond well on Friday Night SmackDown, those million views gonna drop down to the thousands. I predict it. It might not happen right away this first week. I give you by November. You're gonna you're gonna be in the thousands range, unless you do some fucking breathtaking. I know you're gonna Saudi Arabia in October. Unless you do something from there to make us say, okay, I'm gonna watch some on Monday Night Raw and smack this. See how this continue. If the shit be bullshit, if it's trash, if it's garbage, if AEW responds back because AEW know that you're their competition, but they know how to fucking move. You will be in the thousands. USA Network gonna be like, we pulling the plug on Raw. Fox gonna say, okay, this was a bad investment. We regret donating, a, well, not donate, but invest a one billion dollars in y'all. We pulling the plug on SmackDown, and then your ass gonna be looking stupid. And eventually, the Peacock gonna say, we gonna take the Nick Raw. So, WWE, you have a problem. You know, you can say, oh, we're not worrying about the hardcore fans. We're worrying about the casual fans. Even my girlfriend was watching the show. She was like, what the fuck is this? She watched Friday Night Smackdown. She she enjoyed it. But it's past stuff I showed her on YouTube of your current product. She was like, she just looked at me like, what the fuck is this? But you show a casual fan, AEW. For example, me and Dwayne got a friend named Julio. We was I was promoting the hell out the episode of Rampage with CM Punk was room, which he actually did show up. But of course, it was rumors at first. We didn't know he was gonna really show up. Now I was promoting it in a, in our group. Julio said, "Our friend Julio said, I'm gonna tune in." Me and the one were both texting Julio. Even Julio made a post just by the CM Punk debut, by seeing the matches. He said the aura was awesome for him, and then he said, "Hold on." I see Sting. Okay, cool. That will this this AEW is doing the casual fans thing right because the casual fan gonna know a guy from the eighties and nineties. They see Sting, and his first thing was like, "Hey, Dwayne, who 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 this guy next to Sting?" Dwayne went detail. Oh, that's Darby Allen, one of their top talents, a young guy. Now Julio got some interest in Darby Allen. That's how you fucking bring casual fans over. You don't bring casual fans over by having fucking Bill Goldberg come over. Yeah, because casual fans know. Oh, yeah, I remember Goldberg from WCW in the 90s. You don't bring Bill Goldberg over, beat one of your hot, hottest, t- talented. You don't have Goldberg come over, beat Bray Wyatt, the fiend, for the universal title when Bray Wyatt is outselling Roman Reigns, John Cena, Dan Ryan in the merch. The most creative storyline at the moment, the most creative character, he that was Undertaker level when The Fiend first came, especially when he won the title. The Seth Rollins shit almost fucked him up, but he, they redeemed himself when he won the title. Because you want casual fans over, you bring a guy 54 years old who had had a match 
in months. Let's really say in that match with Undertaker was bullshit because he damn near killed him. So let's really say a guy who had no match in two years and come on, beat your biggest talent ever. That's not how the fuck you bring casual fans over. You do like what AEW doing. Oh, we got Andrade. Everybody remember Chavo Guerrero. Let's put him as his fucking manager. Oh, let's debut him with Vicky Guerrero. Oh, we want more eyes on Darby Allen. Let's put him with fucking Sting. Oh, we want to get private party over. Everybody remember Matt Hardy. Bring casual fans over. They get invested in, of course, they're going to like, oh, yeah, I remember these guys. But who who is these guys around him? They get invested in Darby Allen. They get invested in party private party. Then they become hardcore fans. Then they become fans of AEW. Then they tell everybody about it. That's how you fucking build. But no, no, you want to bury your talent. You want to do 50-50 booking, and you want to shit on them. But you want to blame them for not grabbing the brass ring. No. No. This fucking bullshit, WWE. You have a problem. AEW, Tony Khan, if you somehow see this, or any AEW superstar, show him this. Tony Khan, I'll, I'll be honest, I had doubts for AEW. But now? But now? You can call me an AEW Mark if you want to. I love this fucking company because I love how they doing. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, just the Julio situation I told you about. The, our friend Julio means the one uh, mean the one I have. I told you. It's just that little shit like that. He, he was just like, oh, yeah, I remember watching Sting when I was young. Ooh. But that guy next to him, that young guy, he looked interesting. I don't know if he kept up the product. That's up to him. That's that's his prerogative. But AEW did their job right though with it. It's up. Y'all worry about since since they said the rest of the industry, they cater towards casual fans so they can bring them over. It's up to them to watch school. But the way that AEW do it, if I was a casual fan, okay, let's do this for example. Let's do it for example. I know CM Punk, right? I love CM Punk. If I heard about CM Punk returning and I ain't no shit about Darby Allen, I was like, who is this Darby Allen guy? He called out. Okay, I'm watching the highlight on YouTube. If I'm so interested in CM Punk as a casual fan, because I remember his days when, when I was a hardcore fan, let me let me tune in to AEW. Let me see what this Darby Allen got about. Or oh, let's go even further. Let me look up the Darby Allen uh clips. Let me look up what he doing in AEW. Oh, okay, I'm interested. Ooh, I'm going to watch AEW Friday, uh, Friday or Wednesday night. Hey, I might watch it. Oh, I said they got a show on Monday nights on YouTube. Oh, I said they got a show on Tuesday night on YouTube. Let, let, me, let me watch that real quick. Let me see if he going to... That's how you fucking bring casual fans over, especially if you want to use old talent. And another thing, too, It's some casual fans who looking at AEW because it, it was more guys he said he saw on the show who wasn't around the older guys. He saw he was like, oh, that guy look interesting too. Who is that? That's how you bring casual fans over. You don't bring casual fans over bearing your fucking talent because of old guys. No disrespect to the part-time. I love Johnson all my heart, but let Johnson have beat Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. I'm shitting on me. Let Brock Lesnar beat uh, Roman Reigns. And I'm happy that Brock's back. I'm happy Brock is a babyface. I love Brock Lesnar. But let him beat Roman right now. Let Goldberg come. Let had Goldberg have beat Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. This is not right, WWE. 
You is not the company people want to watch anymore. As a talent, I w- you're not the company that people are quick to say, huh, I, I, I sign with them. You're not their company no more. The one, and I know you got some things. I'm sorry if I know to the, but it hurts me to say that. Because WWE was the it thing. That was the company. And now you bullshitting? Because you worried about casual fans or you got nonsensical guest men around you because they have got it out for some talent? It's, this, is, this is dumb. It's just dumb. The emotions on your face say it all. I get it. We get it. Uh, man, listen. Wake and up, I just wake and up. I, WWE, please wake up. And then when I say WWE, I'm not gonna put the blame on everybody. WWE. Like Triple H, I'm not gonna put the blame on Triple H. You saw what the fuck he was doing with NXT before Vince trying to put his little fingers in him. So Triple H, I don't know. If this somehow gets Triple H, I am Tremontis on another level. But Triple H, if you're watching this, it's not you. It's not you at all. I'm in this specky family. It's your fucking father-in-law. I'm be honest with you. AEW, I thank you. Like I told Wayne back on Life's a Botch, even on private conversa- conversations, CM Punk's debut reignited that fire. It brought it back. I was not saying I wasn't watching. I, 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 I watch wrestling damn near every day. Every day. Even when it comes to old clips or me just listening to wrestling music or playing the game. I, I'm involved with professional wrestling every day. Bro. That energy from the crowd from, from CM Punk's debut, even the energy in the matches that AEW put out, it gave me the itch to get back inside the wrestling ring because I used to train to be a professional wrestler. That right there, if that can do that, AEW is the fucking company. And you know what, WWE? It, I won't be shocked if we see Tony Khan doing the promo and say, I not own WWE. Or... Hey, I ain't gonna, I ain't doing, I'm gonna be real with you. I won't be shocked if I see Paul Levick is all elite. That's gonna be fucking wild right there. Like, bro, like, I'm at this point, AEW, AEW's everything right now to me. AEW, if I had a AEW impact, then WWE. Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, where's Dwayne? I, I think, I, WWE, we have a problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you, you break the emergency glass. Break the emergency glass. Bring the alarm. WWE, do something. Rest, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't watched Send wrestling. Send an SOS. <laughs> if you haven't watched wrestling in years, or if you're a wrestling fan, you just haven't really watched AEW because you want to be loyal, I'm telling you. You won't regret watching Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock and watching Friday nights at 9 o'clock. AUW, TNT, 
if you don't take my word, go on YouTube, look at the highlights. You won't fucking regret it. I promise you. If you ain't feeling AEW, go watch Impact because they they on the rise back too. WWE, we have a problem. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was dope. I I got my chest out. I've been wanting to do this topic for a minute. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time because WWE really hurt me. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can find this podcast right here as an example to speak your mind because we are the fans not saying we help the company make all the money but without us they won't be as popular as they are right now now i i be on and i just i just hate what the talent is going through over there in wae i i just i just hate it for all of them and um, I just thank AEW, Impact, MLW, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or in GCW, any independent company. I just thank you for giving the wrestlers a platform where they can be wrestlers and be themselves. You don't have to deal with politics and bullshit. Well, highlight. It was an honor to have you back on the show, man. Well, tell the people, tell there, the man. people, tell the people where they can find you at, man. Yeah, brother. I mean, uh, thank you for always bringing me back on, man. Let me just say that hearing your passion come out, feeling your passion, brother, I get it. I'm right there with you, man. And you know what? Um, Yeah, bro, I hope things continue to get better because they're going to get worse if they don't from here. And that's the scary part. But find your boy at the, uh, well, Anywhere, really, you can find your boy at Highlight Life, H-I-L-I-T-E Life, or follow the Life's a Botch podcast at Life's a Botch podcast, both on TikTok and on Instagram, man. We're just going to give y'all some entertaining pleasures. We're working on something for the YouTube, give y'all something real unique and real special. And uh, yeah, y'all already know, man. Thank y'all so much for always rocking with your boy. Keep on rocking with my boy, Chamon. Cause he got a lot of stock for y'all, man. You just don't know. You ain't seen it yet. Wait till the show. I'm telling you, this man's a genius. It's coming out. All right. Putting my boy over. Got to put my boy over because he put me over earlier. So I got to put him over and let you know this young creative genius is coming for your head. All right. Yeah. I am Shamont. It's on the surface. All right. It's coming. Yes, sir. It's coming. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, where you can find me, first of all, you can find me on otsguys.com. You know where else you can find OTS Guy? You can find Lights of Botch, Pass the Op, Realish, Fans, come all different OTS content. We got so many podcasts, bro. It's so many. It's, it's a lot. You can find our YouTube channel on there. It's everything, bro. Just support. Support. If you want to support I Am Tremont, Life's a Botch Pass, Ox, Realish, all the things, just go on the website. Go on OTS, guys. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do everything. You can also find us on, you can find I Am Tremont on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere on your streaming service needs. And guess what? Not just my podcast. Everything dealing with OTS. So you telling me I can listen to over a hundred podcasts 
over a lot of episodes on all my streaming needs? How? That OTS Guys website, it'll link you to everything. I mean, we are on YouTube for your visual aspects of a podcast. If you're more of an audio person, like you work out, driving, doing some work, or just chilling, we on iHeartRadio. We on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and many more. So please support OTS. We'll, we'll really appreciate it. And we are grateful for the listens and the subscribers that we received so far already. So we thank you. But if you personally want to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram at vibing with the 90s. And guess what? I am Tremont will be making a special appearance on Instagram. But until then, I have an Instagram page for my, all my acting needs, my skits, my pictures, and everything. But I'm also post on at Vibrant with the Nights. But you can also follow Tremont, T-R-A-M-O-N-T. But if you want to see everything personal with the skits, pictures of me just acting silly, or you want to hang out with my personal life, at Vibrant with the Nineties. You can also find me on Facebook, Darren Tremont. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a great episode of I Am Tremont. I like... There's only I got to say, WWE, we got a problem.